Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know if I should jump in. (laughs) No, I, I tell you, Julie and I, just a little inside info. Julie was having some issues, and I said, uh, no, you're fine now. And then all of a sudden, we got zapped, and uh, uh, I got lost. So let's hope that we're uh, in business for a while. I've never heard the whole song to this <laughs> intro of this show. Well, I even missed that, so maybe that's a good thing. But, oh, yeah, that's right, the intro song. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, let's get back to business here. Nothing like live radio, right, Julie? <laughs> Uh, we're we're in the midst. Well, oh, we're in the midst man. of it. We just started or trying to our smart garden show. And if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, please help us. <laughs> Call it in or uh, text it in, and we would be glad. At least oh. Julie would be happy to, because she's the expert to answer those type of questions. <laughs> now, I mentioned it real early this morning. I, I, mm-hmm. I had a delivery guy come into the house and. He was just grumbling. He said, I am so tired of winter because he had to drive this truck, you know, in the sure. snow. Uh, but the, on the, the positive side is I was at lunch with my daughter, Tina, yesterday, and we were talking about uh, she's got this beautiful garden in, in Minneapolis. Nice. Minneapolis. And, but she, she has these tropicals that 
Mm-hmm. Once she brings them outside and gets them going, they're massive, you know, leaves that are as like big as her house. I mean, they're cool. But she uh, she's getting those ready uh, to uh, to bring out one of these these days. Is this a good thing to do? Get certain things ready to. Uh, it's not officially spring yet, but soon. <laughs> soon, it's coming right up. But um, yeah, you know, I think throughout the winter, it's always great to keep checking and, of course, caring for your house plants. And and they do wonderfully outside. They just um, a lot of them will get a lot of extra rain, and and also they they enjoy the humidity. Um, they grow really well in the summer. Sometimes weather can be a little tricky with tropicals too when you bring them outside is, you know, you might get really bad storms with big winds and they might break off leaves and, and God forbid you get hail. And so you have to be careful about that. But but at this point in our gardening season, we are doing indoor gardening. People are starting seeds. They're getting their tropicals ready to bring outside. Uh, checking them for pests at all times, keeping their soils, um, the soil surface clear of debris. I'm always poking around my house plants, checking them. I have a, I've said this before, but I have a mealy bug issue sometimes that, that they appear. And so I'm always checking certain plants and making sure that they're not um, spreading to the other plants. That's my biggest fear. So yeah, so she is right on target and you know, getting things repotted and cleaned up and ready to go. I took my geraniums out of my garage. They've been uh, dormant in there for the winter, and they are now leafing out. So it is a perfect time to be doing that. Well, on the other hand, what I'm doing is keeping my uh, snowblower <laughs> filled. That's yeah, uh, no that's the project. Yeah, We're already, Julie, getting text messages, and if you have any kind of a garden question you want to do with that form, or maybe you'd like to call and chat with Julie. Either way, just that one number to remember, and that number is 651-461-9226. Again, call or text 651-461-9226. Here's one, Julie. It says, two years ago, I planted some calla lilies, and they bloom nicely. I saved the bulbs, replanted them last year. This time, I got lots of leaves, but no flowers. Am I likely to get flowers this year from those same bulbs, or should I toss them and start over? Oh, boy. Calla lilies. I have never grown calla lilies. They are a beautiful plant. Um, I'm guessing that because they that they maybe didn't get um, enough, they didn't build up enough energy last year to produce flowers or the year before to produce flowers last year. So uh, if the calla lilies, if she, uh, the caller purchased the calla lilies or if they came in a potted plant, uh, the potted plant may have been a forced plant. So that means that when you buy it, then you're, you know, you, um, the, the plant is growing, actively growing, and it might have just spent a lot of energy. I think I would keep trying with those plants. You might want to buy some new ones just to add to your collection. But um, I think I would keep trying and, and plant them in the right location outside or set them outside if they're potted up and uh, see if they can you can get them to build up enough energy. Maybe a little bit of fertilizer. Not sure if you're fertilizing it. And and keep you know keep trying with those. If they're green and they're growing, then ultimately they're going to bloom. Okay, very good. John from Plymouth sends a text saying, can I use the solarization technique near oak and maple trees? Love the show. Sends a text saying, can I use the solarization technique near oak and maple trees? Love the show. 
You can. Um, what is you know, what is that? Okay, Julie? so solarization is when we cover ground with clear plastic and seal it down tightly around the edges, and the goal is to kill weeds in that area. So um, it kills everything. So I think I'd be careful about it around tree roots, just because you may be killing the surface roots or the roots that are just below the surface of the soil. That soil can get incredibly hot from that solarization if it's in full sun. Now, because they're under a tree, it the solarization may not work as well. You really have to have full sun for it. It really needs to build up that solar energy underneath that plastic. So I'm not sure that it's going to be that successful under a full, fully leafed out shade tree. So that's my caution on that. Um, depending on what you are trying to kill, if it's lawn, I think you might consider, you know, a sod cutter. Or uh, if it's not a big area, just uh, digging it out. Um, that would work. If it's weeds, you may end up uh, hand digging those as well. Or you may use some spot treatment of an herbicide, depending on what the weed is. All right. So solarization is great, but it has to be full sun or it's not going to be that successful. All right. Thanks for the text. Appreciate that. Again, I know we're going to take a quick break here, but if you uh, want to join in on the lawn or garden question, uh, just call or text that question, 651-461-9226. In the Twin Cities, uh, we are possibly going to be expecting one to three inches of new snow today. A high today near 34. Right now on CCO, 29 degrees. Don't forget, as you retire tonight, set your clocks ahead one hour. Daylight saving time back once again tomorrow. Stay with us here at News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And again, good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here this morning with uh, Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota answering those lawn and garden questions. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get busy. So don't wait. You can call Julie if you'd like to chat. We'd love to hear your voice on uh, with uh, Julie or uh, just send uh, Julie your text. Number is for either 651-461-9226. you know what we always like to mention, especially when we have new listeners, Julie, who are not aware of the great website you and your colleagues yes. put together at the U of M, extension.umn.edu, unbelievable resource. Tons of um, information. Lots of info. Yeah. The person who called about the calla lilies, we actually oh, yeah. have a page on calla and canna lilies. So calla lilies and canna lilies. And I just wanted to point that out so they could take a look at that. It talks a little bit about the conditions that the plant might grow in. It is a sunny plant, so it's a plant that needs to be in a sunny location. And uh, and they are very good plants to grow outside. So uh, hopefully they'll have some good luck with the blooming. Yeah, but do do check that out, extension.umn.edu. Yes. It's a great site. It really is. We'll mention full it again, of, of course. Chock full of stuff. Yes. You know what? Let's grab a phone call. Uh, Julie, Dan is calling in from Norwood, I believe, uh, this morning. Dan, thank you for waiting. What's your question for Julie? Good, good morning, and I'm sure you've answered this question many times before, Julie, but I have I have two pines in my yard, and they need to be pruned. And when is it too late, or is it ever too late, to prune pine trees um, as far as the winter and all that goes? So... Um... Pine trees really don't 
need pruning. Um, we don't encourage pruning. The only thing we do say is if you need to keep them, kind of slow down their growth, is they grow these long candles uh, on the ends of their branches. That's the new growth for the year is you can snap those off and that will prevent that branch from putting on new growth that year. If uh, if you need to prune the branches because they're broken or they are now growing across your front door or something, you can prune those uh, now is fine. This is actually a great time to be pruning a lot of our shrubs and trees because they're still dormant. And uh, and once they start actively growing, they can quickly heal up the wound that you've made from pruning. So, yes, you can do that. You could certainly cut certainly cut back a branch or two at this point. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Texter says this, Julie, my onion seedlings are already eight inches. Should I pot them up and they are in a four-inch salad container? Yeah, I think you probably want to pot those up. They are, and you could probably divide them. It's, you know, onion seeds are really tiny. And so uh, so sometimes we plant them in these kind of masses. And you could divide those, either just break that salad container, the, that mass up into um, four pieces, for example, and put them into larger pots and let them grow that way. If you can, it's very difficult to, to peel them apart. Uh, you can end up damaging roots. So the other option is to just take that big chunk and put it into a bigger pot. I see a follow-up question from the listener. When can I plant them outside? You can plant, uh, I usually go, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes with our average last frost date. It's changed over the years, but I, man, I think most master gardeners uh, that I've spoken to would agree that, you know, waiting till about the third week of May for the central and southern part of the state is a pretty safe bet that you're not going to have frost damage. I like to, I always use Memorial Day as my planting day just because it's an extra day of the weekend and it's a pretty you're pretty solid that you're not going to get frost damage, any late frost. Not entirely. I can't guarantee it. It's Minnesota. But but that's a pretty good bet. So third week of May, if you're in central Minnesota, I would say northern Minnesota or maybe a couple of weeks after that. Okay. Back to the phones we go, Julie. John is calling in from Baldwin, I believe, this morning. Uh, John, good morning. You're on CCO with Julie. Yeah, good morning. Morning. Uh, it's that... It's that time of the year again, and you get all these brochures in the in the mail. Yep. And uh, I got one last week from some nursery in western Minnesota, and they got this super tree. I mean, it isn't elm, ash, or oak. It isn't a pine tree, but a baby will grow at least an inch a day. Wow. I'm just wondering, what the, what the heck is this thing? It's, they don't say exactly what it is. It's, it's a hybrid, but it's a super tree. <laughs> Boy, I would not buy that tree. <laughs> I don't know. You can call the, I mean, since it's Western Minnesota, you could call and ask them what kind of tree. I'm surprised they don't tell you what kind of tree yeah. it is. At least give it a snappy name. Um, I'm always a little concerned about those that are that grow so fast because, you know, we don't really know what it is, and it could be a potentially invasive plant. Um, so I think I'd, I'd kind of shy away from that. That kind of advertisement. It's like the tomato trees. No, those are just indeterminate tomatoes that grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But uh, here in Minnesota, they only grow for a few months, so <laughs> they're not really a tree. But 
Yeah, like the buyer I'd, beware. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of hold back on that. But it'd be, it'd be interesting if you find out what it is, call us back. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear show that. Or, yeah, let us know. It would also be interesting if you could get a hold of a human being at that company <laughs> yeah. and answer that. All right, let us know, John. Thank you. Interesting. Uh, Gary is calling in from Maple Lake this very morning to ask you a question, Julie. Gary, uh, Julie's listening. What's your question, please? Hey, good morning. I had a question about zonal geraniums. I've got like maybe 25 pots, and every year I would just put them in my heated shed. It's like 45, 50 degrees. And about this time of the year, they would start growing. Right. Well, I put them in last fall. And they're all green. I haven't watered. I haven't done anything to them. How do I slow down the growth? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, they, uh, they're they really tough plants. And some people keep theirs. I don't know how long you've kept yours, Gary, but some people keep them for many, many years. I had a neighbor who would do that. He would take them out of the pot outside, hang them up in his basement where it was cool and dry, and then he'd pot them back up. And every year they grew and grew. You can cut them back, so they're probably a little bit leggy, I imagine, even if they're green. Uh, mine are still mine were green too when I took them out of my heated garage, um, and just cut them back, give them a nice form, take off anything that was dead, and um, and see if you can kind of slow them down that way. That's really all you can do. Okay. This texture, Julie, and I know we're going to look at the forecast in a moment. I bought geraniums inside to overwinter. Some of them are very leggy. Can I cut them back or just let them go? <laughs> yeah, you can cut them back. That's fine. Exactly. Okay. Uh, let's see another one here before we break. I have a row of 16 established healthy-looking arborvitaes. Would, would it be a good idea to occasionally fertilize them, or is it not necessary? Thank you. Well, if they're doing well, uh, probably... Uh, I don't know if you really need to fertilize them too much. They seem to be growing in good soil. They have good drainage, plenty of sun. Um, if you if you did choose to to uh, fertilize them, you'd want an evergreen type of fertilizer. We have a web page on fertilizing evergreens that you could check the timing for those. Uh, usually, I think it's when you start to see new growth on those plants. So you can uh, you could do some fertilization. Uh, trees are you know, the roots go quite a ways out from trees. So um, be, you could, you know, you could do some drenching of the soil. You could use a, um, oh, I'm not sure what it's called exactly. It's, it's uh, you can fill it full of fertilizer and then attach it to your hose and, and water the, or fertilize them that way. Okay. Are you there, Denny? Should avoid. Oh, you cut out there for a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, is, they want to know is, is what is the best manure to use in the vegetable garden? Should we avoid some of them? You want to make sure that whatever manure you use is highly compost, at, at least for a year. And uh, part of that is because there are a lot of seeds in manure, and you want that manure pile to have heated up and composted down. It's also Manure is also very hot, and I'm doing air quotes right now meaning that it can literally burn your plants if it's too fresh. So you don't want to mm. take it right from the field and put it right on your plants. So you can use cattle manure, sheep manure, chicken manure, horse manure, so almost any kind. Oh, okay. But just make sure it's composted well. On that note, 
<laughs> let's take a break. <laughs> let's take a break, and we'll have a look at that uh, that forecast. See if we, we're going to be getting some more snow. Uh, we'll do that very thing in a moment. We have about another half hour of the show to go, so if you have any kind of a lawn and garden question, send it via text or give us a call, 651-461-9226. Back with more here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And we are back with our Smart Garden Show here in Newstalk 830 WCCO. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. We always love to mention, for good reason, the Arboretum. Lots, there's, you know, it doesn't matter the time. I'm amazed with all the events, no matter what time of year, Julie. <laughs> oh, I know it. It's uh, Gardening is a year-round hobby here, so <laughs> it's great. But the, the uh, again, we like to mention that folks, if they do head to the Arboretum, you got to you got to reserve online. It's not a big deal, right? Absolutely, yeah, it's not a big deal, and it's uh, it's just really easy to do, and it's it kind of keeps the traffic flowing evenly. It does. So people have places to park. You can get your lunch. Uh, it kind of evens things out. I know people kind of feel like, oh, you know, do we still have to do this? But it's been very. Uh, people have really liked it. Actually, gotten good oh, feedback on it. No, I, I do too. I've, it's a very, mm-hmm. it's a very efficient way. Makes right. it real easy. Uh, I tell you what, let's uh, let's grab a phone call or two. Certainly, some text messages. If you have a lawn or garden question, again, call it in or text it in six five one four six one nine two two six. Let's get to another phone call. Chris calling in from Egan, I believe, uh, this morning. Chris, thanks for waiting. You're on uh, CCO with Julie. Thank you. I love you guys' show. Thank you. Um, my question is, I have about 10 evergreen trees in my backyard, and the deer have had their way with them. They oh, are like naked three-quarters of the way up, or halfway mm-hmm. up, I should say. Mm-hmm. Are they Are they going to come back, or are they gone? Are they arborvitae? No, they're. I'm sorry, I don't know exactly what they are, but they're okay. the, the rounder, taller ones. Rounder, taller ones. Are they? Uh, do they have um, needles? Long needles, short needles? Um, flat uh, no, leaves? they have more the, the the softer leaves. Softer leaves. Okay, not, not pine needles. Sounds okay. like an arborvitae. Sounds like an arborvitae. Which deer love arborvitae? So, yes, they have done a big pruning job on your plants, and it's hard to say whether they will come back or not. You can, um, depending on how bad it is, um, you could limb them up so you could actually cut off the branches up the trunk and have, you know, kind of this more of a tree-shaped arborvitae, but... I'm not sure depending it kind of it's hard to say without looking at the trees what to do about that but they will they may come back they might leaf out it takes a long time for them to leaf out though uh they won't be substantial and by next year the deer will get them again so you can do some selective pruning on them uh to make them look better in the future depending on how they're arranged in your yard you could actually fence them. Now that sounds like a huge job if they're really big trees um, to prevent the deer from getting up there or, you know, from eating on those plants. But it's, 
it's a challenge, especially with uh, the deer population that we have around our yards. I don't have a very good answer for you, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's hard to say I, without uh, looking at the plants. And they can do not only damage, they can do it quickly. They are very fast. And they not only yeah. will feed on the branches, they'll also rub on the, you know, they'll scrape or rub on the on the stems. And that can actually damage the the vascular system of the tree if they go deep enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for the call, Chris. I tell you, yes, let's let's you. get another call. I know we've got a lot of text messages. I don't want to pick up on those, too. But John, I believe, is calling in from New Germany uh, this morning with a question. Thank you, John. What's your question for Julie? I got a question on this composted manure. I have a sure. pile of horse manure that's been laying for several years, and I've never agitated or anything. A couple of years ago, I dug into it a bit, and in the interior of it seems almost like pudding. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, is that something that would be best to spread maybe like in the fall so it can cool off during the winter? Or That's a great also, idea. I've tried planting these uh, giant pumpkin seeds on that pile, yep. thinking that there'd be all these nutrients, and I get a lot of foliage, and all of a sudden it disappears. And I don't know if my <laughs> horses eat it or it just dies because it's too rich. So, the uh, yes, you could certainly spread that manure. Uh, it's definitely composted down. You may, you may choose to spread, you know, part of it in the fall and then uh you know instead of spreading all of it that's your decision depending on how big the space is but yes it's been composted that's great um as far as the pumpkin goes it's it's growing a lot because it's getting a ton of nitrogen and uh, not producing very much fruit so it could disappear because your horses ate it uh but it could also disappear because it does burn up but i think you would see the plant kind of shrivel up at that point all right Thank, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, someone uh, heard your comment uh, last half hour, Julie, about geraniums. And the question is, you saved your geraniums in your garage? Is it is it heated? If not, how do you do that? So it is heated. It's uh, 45 degrees year-round, or at least through the winter, not year-round. It's warmer in the summer. But, um, yes, and I just slide the pots in, put them under a dark, un- under a table that we have in there in a dark corner. And I water them maybe a little bit every month, you know, a little bit meaning a f- couple cups of water and just to keep them a little bit moist. And then in, in uh, February, I took them out or early March, took them out, trimmed them all up, cleaned them up, took off the dead, trimmed them back and then put them in a sunny location. Right, and they're good. out. <laughs> Excellent. What is the proper way, Texter says, to water orchids? What is your opinion of using the ice cube method? Oh, the ice cube method. I was just thinking about that the other day. So the ice cube method is something that that uh, people started hearing about when they would buy orchids. They'd get a tag on the orchid, and it would say, use ice cubes and put three ice cubes a week. The issue with ice cube, they've, they've done some testing at uh, Ohio State University and found that there was no... Um, there was no less blooming because of the, using ice cubes to water an orchid compared with the traditional way of, of watering orchids where you saturate the bark. Both plants bloomed equally well. The problem with the ice cube method when you talk to growers is that ice can, if it touches the roots, it can freeze the roots. It's really not a, a long-term sustainable way to water your orchids. So the best way to water your orchids is to use reverse osmosis water or rainwater 
even melted snow, if you want to use that, you can use that. Water them at room temperature with this water and, and put them, you know, saturate the bark. Let it sit in, say, a container for, I don't know, a half an hour, 20 minutes, maybe an hour, and just so that the bark is saturated. And then that bark will hold that water and make it available to the plant as it goes. Um, the issue with the ice cubes it's, is that it's such a sh small amount. It drips in, it melts, and it's very cold. And it's, it's a good, I, I kind of say it's a good way to water your orchids if your friend is taking care of them while you're on vacation. So it's a short-term solution for that, but not a long-term solution. You still should do a very thorough saturation of that bark, allow it to drain well, put it back in its sunny window or under the lights where you're growing it. Okay, very good. Dexter says, the rabbits ate the outer bark here and there of the lower apple tree branches. Do we have to cut them off or can it be a wait and see if they survive? I'm always a wait and see person, especially at this time. But if, they're, if they clearly are eaten through, you could trim them off now. This is a great time to prune your apple trees, by the way. So so feel free to do any pruning at this point. This one, another critter question. A squirrel or squirrels broke off many branches and stripped off a lot of bark on a couple of mature arborvitae this past week building a nest. Any suggestions wow. on what to do about that? No, this is another wait and see, see how the plant does. There's nothing to spray on those plants or, you know, to repel the squirrels. It would be almost impossible to create a barrier to prevent them from getting into that plant. So it's a wait and see at this point. You're going to help me with this. I know I've heard this before. <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the plant nasturtium? Nasturtium, right? Yeah. Can you give advice on how to start them from seed is the question. They are very easy to start from seed. So they have, um, they're very large seed. They're about the size of a pea and they have a very hard coat so you can uh, you can soak them a little bit uh, so that it softens up that outer coat, or you can nick it, and that will help them to take up water uh, inside, and will uh, they'll germinate faster. But you can also pop them right in the soil, in moist soil too. So they are easy to grow, and uh, I, I, nasturtium need about they're pretty fast fast growing plants. You could start them maybe in the beginning of April. And start them under some lights and some seed starting soil and uh, make sure they stay moist and relatively warm. Uh, heat mats are great for starting seeds. And we have an excellent web page on how to start seeds on our extension site for all kinds of seeds. So you can use a heat mat underneath that. You can buy these online. You can buy them at your garden center. They, keep the, they maintain about a 75-degree temperature and keep the bottom and that soil warm which prevents uh, damping off disease, and they should germinate very easily. They're a wonderful plant. Uh, nasturtium leaves and flowers are both edible. They have a very peppery flavor, so they look really wonderful in salad. Wonderful plant. Uh, nasturtium leaves and flowers are both edible. They have a very peppery flavor, so they look really wonderful in salads and, and are kind of cool to uh, surprise your friends with. Excellent. And by the way, 
check it out online, all the information we mentioned uh, yes. that you can find. And, and uh, I know we're getting some lawn questions, too. You uh, can find some great lawn information. Got to get John uh, just, on here. <laughs> you know, extension dot, uh, extension.umn.edu. You're going to love it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, Julie. We'll be right Sounds back with good. more Smart Garden. Don't forget, set your clocks ahead. One hour. You're going to lose an hour of sleep tonight as we move to daylight saving time tomorrow. Stay with us on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming your lawn and garden type of questions this morning for Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those very questions. Uh, and Julie, we still have a bunch of them, so let's uh, let's get to it. Uh, what is the uh, rather when is the correct time to apply grub control to a lawn? Okay, so the grubs that are in our lawns right now, if you have grubs, are big. They are matured, and they will emerge. Um, oh end of June or so as adult Japanese beetles or June bugs or whatever their adult form is. So uh, those adults will then lay eggs in the soil in July and they will hatch into grubs. So we treat our lawns in Minnesota midsummer for grub control. You want to be sure that you have grubs. You don't want to just add it in case of having grubs. You want to be sure that you have found grubs in your lawn and that you're actually applying something that's going to be useful. Otherwise, you're just kind of wasting money on grub control. But it would be midsummer, July, early August. Okay. A couple of tree questions, uh, Julie. Here's one. A uh, mature box elder tree that lost two large branches over the winter due to heavy snow. Well, I need to take the tree down, Texter says. It gives significant shade over my hostas in the summer. It depends on the branches that came down. If if it's a lopsided looking tree now or if it's a if it looks really bad with the broken branches removed, you might consider removing it and planting something else. But if it's not, it, it you know, you just trim off those branches and now is a good time to do that. They might bleed a little bit. The sap might bleed, which is perfectly normal, not to be uh, alarmed by that. They are in the maple family. So they do, uh, the sap does run like they do in other maples. But yeah, it really depends on the aesthetics of the tree and if the tree is lopsided after taking off those branches. Another tree won the heavy snowstorms in the McGrath area bent hundreds of birch trees to the ground. Mm. Texter says, can I straighten them back up? Removing the snow, uh, the tree should actually straighten itself up. Sometimes we help plants a little too much and we may do more damage. So I would leave them and let them naturally rise back up as the temperature warms up and the sun gets stronger. Here's a listener whose sense of humor, and I I can go along with this one because I've never seen snow. All the years we've lived here, the snow had piled as high. Yeah, I want to be the high. first to ask, listener says, is it too early to rake this spring? <laughs> <laughs> I have feet of snow piled on my lawn and garden. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while, yeah. And I hope that the snow melts gradually. I hope we don't yes. get suddenly 80-degree weather or we'll have floods. So Absolutely. Here's to a slow, slow and coming spring. Texter loves the show. It says, how do I start to grow milkweed? So far, I have not been successful. Oh, so milkweed can be winter sown 
And winter sowing is creating kind of like a little greenhouse. A lot of people use one-gallon milk jugs because they let light in, but they also can be sealed up so that the plants are protected. You put soil in there and you can put your milkweed seeds in there. Milkweed, I believe, needs a cold period. So that would help accommodate that. Um, There is a lot of information about milkweed propagation. And I would say to take a look online about that. I'm not an expert on the milkweed propagation, but but people are very interested in it because it's a valuable plant for a lot of our beneficial insects. Yeah, for sure. I was going to mention, in fact, having lunch with my daughter yesterday, I said I saw this story on CBS News Television about, uh, did you see about uh, the bees, how intelligent Yes. And what they've trained yes. bees to do. They're amazing. It's, it's, uh, they're saying they're mm-hmm. as smart as dogs. Yeah, they are very amazing. There's so much about bees that people are discovering all the time, our researchers, and their uh, behaviors and their habits and their communities. It's, it's remarkable. It's, I, I always say bees should be running the country because we would be stellar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you could use the word honey without people getting angry. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. I lost wah, wah, two. Wah. <laughs> I lost two mature oaks to oak wilt. Texter says oh, my I'm city sorry. sells blue beech American hornbeam. Would that be a good replacement? Blue that beech. That would be. Yeah, yeah. Blue beech would be a good replacement. That's a very good plant. Definitely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out here, the humor. Regarding your reminders of daylight saving time to spring ahead tonight, after the winter we've had, I will do anything with the word spring in it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, here's a text that says, we've been totally, I know we have a couple minutes to go, we've been totally overrun with moles. I've tried oh, everything yeah. at a loss of what else to do. You and your colleagues, and even uh, my friend in the pest control business, Mike, will say, if you really want to do a get rid of them, you got to yeah. do that. Uh, that uh, I can't remember what it's called. The it's trap. Like a, They're the I call place. it a guillotine, but yeah, it's a um, it's like a spike trap or something. Yeah, snaps a spike through the animal's body, <laughs> kills it. Well, one thing about pests, about animals especially, is you want to make your landscape as inhospitable as possible. So removing food sources is one. For example, grub. Um, Moles feed on grubs. So we were talking about grubs a little bit earlier. If you maybe are watering, overwatering your lawn and maybe the grub population is thriving. So they are digging down in there to eat those grubs. They're also, uh, they also like worms too. So think about that. Um, removing any kind of uh, habitat that they enjoy. So uh, for example, with rabbits, we want to remove big piles of brush Either burn it, haul it away, um, and just don't let it collect because they will build a nest in there. So I think with the moles, yeah, we usually recommend killing them. But also think about how are you, what are your lawn practices? Do you have a lot of worms? Do you have a lot of grubs? Yeah. I mean, those are food sources. Julie, you got about a minute to go. Uh, let's grab another one. Love the show. Thank you. What is a good tall landscape grass that would grow in sandy type of soil? Oh, there's so many great landscape grasses. Um, big blue stem is terrific. Uh, some of the miscanthus are enormous and wonderful. 
So I would I would recommend looking at Mary Myers. You know, she's our other uh, one of our other team members here on the show. She has a great book called Ornamental Grasses for Cold Climates, and you can find it on our Native Plants webpage on extension.umn.edu. It's okay. a downloadable PDF. Excellent. Well, Julie, always a pleasure. Yeah, get on the web. You're going to love that resource if you haven't yes. checked it out, extension.umn.edu. Get to the Arboretum. Make your reservations online. You're going to love that, too. Julie, have a great week, and I know you'll be back here in a couple of weeks or so, and uh, we'll uh, we'll do more of this stuff. Sounds good. Thank Thanks you so much, lot, Julie. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, we'll be back with more Lawn and Garden Talk next Saturday in the uh, 8 o'clock hour again. Don't forget, set those clocks ahead one hour. We move to daylight saving time tomorrow morning. So you're springing ahead overnight tonight, which means for some folks, losing one hour of sleep. Right now in the Twin Cities, we have 29 degrees, a chance of 1 to 3 inches of new snow. The high today will be around 34. We're going to get about 32 or so tomorrow. Stay with us here. Home Improvement next hour on News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.